There was me, that is Alex, and my three droogs, that is Pete, Georgie, and Dim. And we sat in the Corova milk bar, trying to make up our razoo docks, what to do with the evening. The Corova milk bar sold milk plus, which is what we were drinking. This would sharpen you up and make you ready for a bit of the old ultra-violence. Hi, hi, hi there, my little droogies. <laughs> the evening's the great time, isn't it, Alex Byrne? He's enterprising, aggressive, young, bold, vicious. He'll do. Who on earth could that be? Now it was lovely music that came to my aid. A bit of the old Ludwig van. Biddy well, little brother. Biddy well. <laughs> and gorgeousity made flesh. Transmission will start in five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one, hit! To Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm the Droog, Mark CK. <laughs> hey! Uh, happy Halloween! It's our Halloween episode, although it's coming out in the middle of October, but you know what we mean. Uh, although we're recording earlier. Unusual for us. We're on the ball, aren't we? Oh, yeah, Because yeah. I have a full set of teeth. Yes, okay, okay. Let's yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look too bad, does it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got it. Are you going to go in Evan White and like the Bee Gees? Later on. <laughs> really? But not. Uh, I'm not having, I'm not having platinum white. I'm just gonna have it. I'm having the dark no. little. No, little. Not, I could, don't do that. Because no, never one, I won't be able to. It's midlife crisis, really bad, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit. Yeah. It is a bit. So uh, yeah, this is our October edition. Of course, we always try and pick a a film that's uh, kind of like a horror. Would you say Clockwork Orange is a horror film? It's very really interesting. I, I, it's horrific. There's no doubt it is horrific. It's a horrific film, isn't it? Really? Actually, it's probably more horrific than a lot of modern horrors. Yeah, I'd actually say, I'd actually say yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, because it's more, it's realism, isn't it? Yeah, okay, it's, it's, it's all a horror show, isn't it? It is a horror show, well done, I like it. <laughs> but first of all, before we do that, would you like an email? Who is it? Is it the man? <laughs> He's back! Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, after, after, a, rejoicing. after a few months' absence, Rob Carey is back. Makes you wonder where he's been, though, doesn't it? 
missing for a couple of months. Silence. There's him in sections. Here we go. Hello there. Now, bear in mind, of course, now, for those new listeners, uh, Rob Kay is a regular person who loves to send us an email, but he writes in the most uh, strangest ways, uh, slightly disturbing. It's sort of like Alex's. It's very much NASA. There's <laughs> an odd, like, and he missed off, an episode, off, a, off a word, uh, and isn't that. So I read it out as he writes it, because I think it's more fun. Right. Hello there, Waffles. How are you? And Mad Dog Face. I oh, sorry I didn't email for a while. I've been somewhere I could not email. I like your Transputters episode. Reminds me of when, when we've Gypsy ex-girlfriend and she diabetic, so I have to inject needles. She not like me now, but I like <laughs> new woman. I talked to the lollipop woman outside the schools and she's nice and friendly. She has glasses. I like glasses. Mad dogs say bad things about me. Makes me angry. He is one star. One star. He's one star. Mad dog. <laughs> mad dog. Mad dog tips. What? <laughs> <laughs> I get. <laughs> I get job interview. <laughs> Sorry, I, I've read this several times. I get job interviews. Waffles working with donuts and cookies. I has no. <laughs> I has no shoes for interviews. So buy some from charity shop for a pound. But I walk, but I walks to interview as nearby, and the bottom of my shoe droops off. Droops off. <laughs> I had to go to interview with one shoe and sock on other foot. They's not called me back, Waffles. Don't think I got the job. I can drive now, Waffles, and use his mum's car. I come to see yous at Mad Dog Face Cal and stops at Mad Dog Face Cal's house, oh. and we have great time. I take us to Laser Quest every day. We have brilliant times. Best friends. I went to Kendall in Lake, in Lake Doctrix with Goosey. And we sees a homeless tramp with no shoes and a dog on a string. He had big fat swollen feet waffles. He uses the cash machine. Weird. Hope you all misses me. I send you photos for your Facebooks page by me. Bye bye, Rob K. Brilliant. <laughs> I think it's, I've gone through the thing. I think it's genius now. I think I, it was right. I think genius. I think, it, I think he should write for a living. Man, it, that language is brilliant. It is. I mean, clearly the guy's not a nutter. Clearly, uh, clearly Rob K is actually... I like the way he puts it, makes things words plural. I like the way he does that. Very clever, actually. Yeah, oh, no, it's really good. It's really yeah. good. We love you. Come on our podcast. Not literally. Can we just do it on Skype? I'm going to Skype. I don't know. I'm moving. Because we're recording um, in your house. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Come on. We'll do a Skype one. Tell us something you like. Mm. Send us a message message on the group, yeah. and we'll do it next year. We'll do it, and yeah, you can we'll come do out. You're going to Skype. Well, because well, there's no yeah. way you can find me because I live I live somewhere totally different. Yeah, it's Kel's easy to find. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't have any other emails, um, but um, because we obviously we're recording ahead slightly ahead of time, yeah. but uh, I'm not going to edit this until about a few days before. So uh, if you suddenly, for strange reasons, suddenly I start reading the email, like, that's the reason why. Oh. But um, so, is there anything you want to talk about before we jump in? Has anything happened uh, since our last podcast? Uh, anything TV no, or film? I, I can tell you any, um, a very interesting thing, but... <laughs> is it, it sexually related again? No, it's not sexually related. Oh, no, no, I've got to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's to do with soundtracks now. As we'll go on, we'll talk about the soundtrack later on. Did you find the soundtrack? No, it's in a box in the loft. Oh, beyond okay. so, all So boxes. anything that I pull out has got to be... Because yeah. I don't know what, 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 what we do. What we're doing is... Um, what we're going to play... 
what's going to be the, th- the title theme? Is it going to be? It's going to be because the opening, the opening of the video is like. I love it. But no, I, I think, think it should be that. I I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but as we talk about the soundtrack later on, it's amazing. I'll tell you a very interesting soundtrack thing okay. to me, right? Right. Now, one of the legends of music, of uh, electronic music, soundtrack music, is uh, the man JC John Carpenter. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, very very influential. Mm-hmm. Both at sixty seven. What he is now? Is he only six? He isn't going to be old. No, he's seventy six. Anyway, because Russell's sixty six. But anyway, he's doing his first ever live concert. No, where? In Iceland at ATP Festival. Oh, right? Well, we ain't going to get that. Then, are we? No, I'm not going to get that. But the point <laughs> is, how amazing is that? Yeah. He's put with his two sons. Hmm. And he's playing all his soundtracks in a gig. Oh, man. Man. Like, Why Iceland? Because the person who's put on this festival is something to do with his, his son's in a band and he's right. playing there. And he convinced him that everyone's going on about his soundtrack. Any electronic artist will go on about John Carpenter. Yeah. Van anyone goes on about John Carpenter. Because people forget who did it because you haven't had money, didn't they? Yeah, but yeah. amazing. But I mean, just think how good the Halloween theme tune is. The, the music from right. the thing. Imagine like, being in a concert hall, oh. watching that, in playing all these theme tunes. I, the Twitter space of Mount Dame when it was announced. I mean, I'm yesterday. And um, Twitter's the, good. Twitter's good for that, you know. But I mean, yesterday they announced uh, there was the BBC tweeted huge Doctor Who announcement. Is this to do with that? At midnight. And he was like, "Oh, what's that going to be?" I mean, they said the word huge, yeah. right? So the first thing, the majority of Doctor Who, especially old Doctor Who fans, are going, they fan, they've got Marco Polo. Everyone wants Marco Polo. Right? Mm. It's the one that keeps being banned about, oh, man, Marco Polo. So I was thinking, well, I was there at 10 o'clock. It's been, it went, I thought, I've got to be to bed. I've got to be up before. Oh, yeah. so I'll read in the morning. Do you know what the BBC huge, huge what? announcement was? Doctor Who spin-off. This is about, about the school. The school. Brilliant. I was there going, uh, on BBC Three, the, yeah. the, the, the channel they're closing down, they go online. I'm thinking, that's not a huge announcement, is it? That's, no. that's, it's an announcement, but it's not a huge announcement. So, of course, first of all, the way you're going to get that's about as interesting as a you know a huge as an umpalumpa is what I put. Yeah, but don't you think though? Maybe some of seem to try these spin-off things. They don't ever work. Did Emma Jane work? Did it? Apart yeah. from the, what happened uh, to them? Well, obviously, yeah. suddenly she passed away. But there was going to do another another series there. That really went really well. Uh, but that was on CBBS, uh, sorry, CBBC, which it should be, and and it's, I think it's called Castle School, which is based at the school, the original school where where Doctor Who's in, um, should be on CBBC because it's got a good, you know, that's where you're going to get a good. Not on BBC, no one cares about BBC Three. I'm sorry, they don't. No, no, no. But the thing, I think the things that they do really well, they do do things really well. I think they're quite good at documentaries. Yeah, so but then, there's a home, too. there's a home for them on yeah. the, the really is, isn't there? BBC Two. Like I told you, what's that amazing uh, thing about the Ku Klux Klan? It was an amazing thing, but that should have been on BBC Two. That yeah. was for everyone, not just young. What that's what I don't like about the BBC. They're obsessed with putting people into brackets. Yeah. Young people watch this. Well, no people watch everything now. Yeah. Old people watch young programs. Young people watch older programs. Whatever an older and a younger program is. Obsessed. It's like it's like BBC Radio One is apparently the ratings. They are. There's no doubt the BBC ratings. They are. You know, John Peel was all against that, wasn't he? You know, play what you know. Play music. Everyone likes music. Everyone likes music. whatever it comes from. Yeah, yeah, anyway, let's not let's well, not make it about the BBC. Oh, <laughs> because you, no, because we do that all. all <laughs> um, I haven't really got anything to say, really. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of something that had happened since, but it's been a bit of a quiet. It's been quite a month. Really. Yeah, yeah. Nothing's really so. Oh, the new Doctor Who's on. Oh yeah, I'm gonna say you know. So, I'm loving it. Yeah, I did well on the Sunday repeat ratings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, this week's episode up against the rugby again. But so, interesting, yeah. like, you know, like I said, I, I was sort of not me thinking anyway, but. 
I was reading that they were saying that there's a lot of people in the thousand. What are you talking about? I was reading some Doctor Who fans out in the week. I don't know who it's called now. It's Whovian. Whovian. Yeah. Anyway, and they were saying that a load of yeah, and they were saying that a lot of a lot of younger people can't warm to Peter Capaldi, can't they? And that's why a lot of younger people are dropping out of the show. Yeah, but the the, the listeners who came in 2005, which was the Eccleston and Tennant ones, uh, are really enjoying Capaldi because. It, that was 10 years ago I mean they started watching it at 15 then they're 25 yeah, yeah. so they're 25 they're a bit more mature I think the ones who got into Doctor Who with Matt Smith who was let's face it the, the Peter Davidson of Adam, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course are so used to a very young actor playing him I think that's what it is it's normally the way it goes yet you know in, in 10 years time if Doctor Who's still going in 10 years time those people will be 25 and they'll be getting used to it hey, it's, it swings around about so I'll get used to it I think this new series is a hell of a lot better than, well it's only been two episodes a uh, hell of a lot better than the last series. I think Capaldi's mildest performance of the Doctor is a bit more warm, a bit more jokey, a bit more Baker and Pertwee-ish. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. you can see his influence there. He's hell, man. He's, he's been seen wearing a, a Pertwee-style coat, and he was wearing trout and trousers. So well, you know you can see what's going. And man, stick it, stick the Doctor in Davos's chair. He nicks it off him and goes for a mind about. That's not fun. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, um, so are we going to play uh, that? That. Are we going to play that or are we going to play uh, I Want to Marry a Light? No, no, I love that. You know, I love that. Rhett. I went to that uh, wedding, but the wife wouldn't let me. I want to marry. Because she thinks, well, that, well, you know, it's not, not a nice picture of being given a club of orange at our wedding. And actually, that's, that, that yeah. song is only briefly heard in the radio. In it, the it's in the background, it's, isn't it? It's in the background music. It's a really weird record as well. It's a really it? weird record. It's because it's, it's got really weird vocal effects on it. Can we play that? Let's play that. Because, because that other one, the actual title theme music. It's not... People are going to be bored, aren't they? It's, it's amazing bored. with the visuals. It's amazing, isn't it? What, just a red title card? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's what I like about Stanley Krubin. Anyway, we've got, I've gone about Okay, let's play Arwen and Mayor Lights. Yeah. Okay. Style song. Oh, that's is, is it the Monster Mash? It's you know, you can't play that because we already played that. You know that it's like one of my records. I also love a reggae record uh, called Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> and I will tell you, you will love it. It's Jamaican black. I love reggae. Right. right? There's a reggae album made in the seventies called. Uh, it's called Loch Ness Monster. It's called Loch Ness Monster. I can search it for you. It's an amazing record. Right. Some by a Jamaican bloke about the Loch Ness Monster. Even though we've never been to Scotland, have no idea what Scotland was. So he's making these words up. It's amazing, man. Oh, really? If I find that, I'll put it on. I've got it on my iPad. When before we go, I'll find out who it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I love it. It's an amazing record. You know what one I really like? What? Yogi Bug Ball. It's on the radio the other day. And my daughter used to sing it when she was really little. Uh, and I never, th- and he was on the radio. You know, God, this is absolutely heaven. 
And I was saying, what the hell is this? So, you know, you listen to him. What the hell is this? And then all of a sudden, he started. And I was thinking, oh, it's Jiggly Bug Ball. And he's like, wait, I mean, it's not really Halloweenish, but it's got bugs in it, yeah, which yeah. is as close as I can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's do the old, um, the old bits of cars. Clockwork Orange. Um, directed, produced, and written by Stanley Kubrick. Bit of an ego going on there. Oh, the, if you talk about ego, look at him. He is the most egomaniac. I don't think there's anyone yeah. who likes Stanley Kubrick. Just because, I, I don't know, I, I, you know, I, people always go, oh, ego, man. I like it, though, because he cared ridiculously over the top about everything in his film, didn't he? Every shot, yeah. every clothing, every poster on the wall, every record, everything is his. Mm. input isn't it yeah I mean there's, oh, there's, I know it was over the top towards the end and he was driving people mental well, I, I was quite sure it was his last film that he did yeah it? yeah I mean you look at all of his films and it's, it does, I mean we'll go through where the, the cubicisms all the way through the film there's, there's loads of them um, there's no question about it. his visual style was, was genius he's a genius even from his early films like Doctor Strange Love up to The Shining, which I think is actually his best film know, personally yeah. speaking yeah. Uh, and you got 2001 and that broke the band where I still think um, to, with, with the with the, with the monkey at the beginning, I, mean, I still think that's ahead of its time. I really oh, I do. Know. You know, best side that. film. I, you know, I, I, I remember once we were having uh, when we were talking once one of our waffle and waffle and and we were talking about science fiction. Yeah, and we were talking about I think I can't remember. We've been I can't remember it. We were talking about which is the best sci-fi Star Trek or sci- Star Wars. Well, now it's two thousand and one. Yeah, two thousand and one is the greatest science fiction film ever yeah, made, yeah. and I will argue anyone to death about that because it's pure science yeah. fiction. I'll, I'll go. I'll. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not saying the most enjoyable. I, this not, is yeah. different. This like, is. I'm saying see, best. Um, I, see, I, I'm pushed towards Metropolis. You say. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. But that's. But no, I think yeah. I agree. I agree. With you. And you know what? I bought. I've got it on DVD. Two thousand and one. I had Stinnett's wrapper. Because it's one of them films where... Oh, we need where, to do it, man. We need oh, yeah, to yeah, do yeah, it next year. Definitely. Well, that and Zardoz, we're doing... Uh, we're I've got it. I had a text this morning. I've got it. Full K transfer. Oh, really? I might have to be scared by that. Whoa. I can't I can wait to buy it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's like... Um, it's one of them ones where I, I, I want to sit down and watch it when I've got nothing, you know? You know yeah, I mean? you've got to watch it. I, I, I've got no work to do. Yeah. No this is not on your do. computer or on your phone no, when you're no, watching no. it. Very much I'd say clockwork's like that. Yeah, you've got to what, really well, watch I, it. I was going to watch clockwork with, with my wife because I wanted to get her <coughs> opinion from certain from female projects. Got about. And, um, and at the end I thought, you know what, I can't because it's one of the things where I get annoyed. I don't know if Emma does it, but... If, you know, in the corner of your eye, you look and they're on the phone. Do you know what? Do you know, weirdly, I was talking to our friend at work, Aaron, yesterday, and yeah. he was saying the same thing. There's nothing worse. What is it? Not all women, but no, no, the no. women we seem to know yeah. cannot just sit there and watch the TV. My wife will be doing a crossword, watching a film. <laughs> She's obsessed with crosswords, right? Yeah. Watch the film. I'm listening. Yeah. No, it's a film. It's a visual film. It's not the radio. Not oh, it annoys me. I would be like, I, I, we've got mates who do that as well, and it really kind of. I think it's because we, we're really into films, but yeah, yeah. So, no, so two thousand one is one of the ones where I want to have either the afternoon off from work or I, the little ones in bed, and I'm like, no, I haven't got the ironing to do. I haven't got work to do. I've just got to sit there, crack open the beer, and just think, right, well, I've got two and a half hours. Or how long it is? Mm. And enjoy. Um, of course, the book, it's based on the book by Anthony Burgess, but it's based on the American... Let's get this one out of the way straight away. Yeah. The, it's based on the American version of the book, the uh, which is... Re, and it's now, actually, I think, 1987. It was the, in the US. You have the the proper version of it. 
Uh, but when this film was made, it was a maker version which, which omitted the last chapter, uh, which was which was basically Alex became good in essence. That's the, that's the whole thing, I think. It is, anyway. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in, in a bit. So um, it stars. Let's go through. When did it come out? Oh, 1971 in, in New York. Which so. is amazing. to think this film was 1971 and 1972 in um, in the UK. Running time 136 minutes. Language, interestingly, is English and NADSA. Only a budget of 2.2 million. Crazy. I know. Um, now we were talking about Kubrick just then, and and. The only thing that I, I will disagree with people about Kubi is this whole thing, because you know that he was one who liked to do multiple takes. Oh, right? it, In my mind, and this is only my opinion, I know for a while, I'm going to get totally slated for this. If you can't get your actor to do the right take within three takes, it's you who's wrong. Well, this is the thing, I'm, the, the ultimate that is The Shining, isn't it? Oh, with Shelley Duvall, yeah. Well, uh, broken, you know, he, he was a tyrant with Shelley Duvall. Yeah. And I'm not saying because what he got out of him was amazing. She's amazing, isn't he? Oh, she admits that now. She fame. does. But you think you're an actor going into someone like him, yeah. who was, you know, let's be honest about it, he was supposed to be quite a nice bloke, wasn't he? When he oh, was yeah, outside yeah, the yeah, film, yeah, quite yeah. a nice bloke, wasn't yeah. he? But in films, it changed him, didn't it? Yeah. He was obsessed. He obviously had OCD, didn't he? I think there's no doubt he had that, didn't he? Right? I think the shining car. Do you know he was obsessed with stationery? Um, if you ever want to read a brilliant thing, right, John Ronson, right, in one of his books called uh, Lost at Sea, mm. he went to work with his wife, looking through his stuff and cataloguing his stuff after he died. Oh, right, okay. Right, it's a brilliant little chapter, and he said, you see the craziness of him, he collected stationery, different <laughs> fonts, different colour patterns, but unopened, in boxes, in a, in a storage room, really? didn't want to look at them, he just collected them. Millions. Oh, wow. He could. He said you would. So you saw it all. He understood what what that's like with his films when he couldn't control it. Yeah. And yeah. he's trying to fight to control every little thing, mm. isn't he? And you know, you, you're probably right because Clint Eastwood, how he directs his one take. Yeah. If you can't get it in one take, something one will work it out. Something else. Yeah. He was like, no, you've got to do it how I want it. And you know who? Who else is like that? <laughs> Kevin Smith. <laughs> Because Kevin Smith, I've, been, I've gone back and started listening to... Um, oh, is he doing his stuff, is he? You, you know what? He's doing more that too. Mm. He's doing more that too. He did that Tusk. And he's doing a follow-up to that, uh, which I don't know much about. I, I believe it's some kind of animated thing or something. Um, but I've gone back to listen to Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, because I used to listen to their podcast, but it, they were touring um, Red State. And then there was tour, touring um, oh, Jay's see? film that he did, um, Super Groovy Thingy Movie. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was the same thing they were talking about because they were talking about it. And he was like, well, I, I don't want to listen to that. So I kind of give it up. And I've gone back to this because they're, they're doing their back to their normal kind of thing, you know. And um, and yeah, so that, that he was saying that um, there was a scene that they were doing with Jay for this, this um, follow-up to Tusk where he had to put makeup on and he suffered from severe claustrophobia because he used to be locked in a cupboard oh. by his mum. Yeah, yeah, that means really had a lot of books. And they'd lock him in a cupboard. So he can't have anything on him, you see, and it really bothered him. And I suppose some directors would have turned around and went, ah, get on with it, kind of And Kevin Smith said, well, should, we'll shut you down. And he then they had to recast him because he couldn't do it. You know, but as you said, it's my job to get the best out of the actor. Yeah, yeah. And if I can't direct them in the right way, I'm the one who's at fault. And at the end of the day, Clint Eastwood was right. Where the fact that there's the, the reason that he hasn't understood his instructions, it's exactly the same as what we do at work. If I want you to make something, I'll go up and ask yeah, you to yeah. make it. If you don't know how to make it, you've got, and we'll go through it and do it, and you should be able to get it off in one go. Doing eight or nine, yeah. unless you're doing something where it involves multiple camera angles, where it's going to be quick cuts. Exactly, it's different, different then, isn't that's, it? That's actually a structural... Yeah, yeah. I just think he was from that world where it was different. I think... 
directors were changing in the late 60s and the early 70s. Before that, they were dictatorial, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how they work. Yeah. You stand there, and if you don't do it, you'll all stand you there until you do the yeah, right yeah, thing. Yeah. They saw them people in there as products in a factory, a film factory. You're bloody the, the, the meat. Yeah. You do what I tell you to do. Now it's all changed because the directors are losing the power now. The actors have got all the well, power I, I think as well that a lot, a, a lot of directors, as before you go to you know, directing school, and it's a bit like, you know, oh, look, you're a manager, but you've never done it. It's not what we say at our place. Yeah, yeah. You know, the best managers hello, uh, are the people who do the job, who have done the job. Mm. If you've never done the job, how can mm. you tell someone else to do it? Nowadays, you're getting act directors who have been actors or have studied acting. Yeah. Sam Mendes is a classic example mm. of that. You look at Sam Mendes' work, you know, Tarantino's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a shit actor. <laughs> really when you think about oh, it oh it is but he knows the ropes he knows what to do he knows how actors suffer he says things oh one thing about Queen Queen 2 you can get performances out of anyone man I, I don't you know people are against him they've sort of gone against him because of his sort of his I disagree. He's an amazing director. He's an amazing director. He's a modern author. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the same with Kevin Smith. Yes, he's made some bum films. But uh, he's sort of gone off Kevin Smith. His early stuff, his last great film was still Clark's 2. Clark's 2, although he even by his own admission, he turned around and says, Yeah, I know people hate Clark's 2. Oh, no, because afterwards he ends. And, and I'm going, yeah. yeah, that donkey thing. It's the donkey stuff that. He has a habit of just trying to outgross. Yeah, no there's no, it's horrible that bit, but all the rest of it is amazing. He's better than that. Right. Yeah. He's, he's better well, in that film, you've got the brilliant stuff. Where's the Lord of the Rings at the beginning? Yeah. yeah. And the porch monkey stuff is <laughs> bloody amazing, <laughs> and that's just really, really funny. There's no need for him to do all that. No, because he, uh... he's a really good writer, Kevin Smith, and he is a really good writer. And I, I really do want us to do Clark, but we'll do Clark's and Clark's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, I think Clark's is. He's a groundbreaking film for what he, for the money he had. And he understands what it is being having nothing in life. We talk about this when we made the film. Yeah. People are against that film, like Jonathan Ross hates them films. I thought, well, because you've been successful. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. know what it's like when you've got nothing else. No. Like with the like in the where they work in the video shop, that's their life. Yeah. Their yeah. films is like very much like us. That was our that, that was our escape when we were younger, was films. As we saw like this, because this mm. film was always in our Oh well, yeah, we're all in the orbit of this film, weren't we? Well, yeah. I mean, this film when you have to when you think about it, the fact that, um, and we'll talk about the, you know, the, the, the whole thing of it being banned. Although it wasn't banned, it wasn't banned, wasn't it? Wasn't it? No, it wasn't banned. It was withdrawn. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But let's talk about the actors. Um, Malcolm McDowell, uh, born Malcolm John Taylor, uh, as Alex Delage, uh, born thirteenth of June, nineteen forty-three. So oh, yeah. he's in his seventies here in Horsford, West Riding, in Yorkshire. Um, if you notice as well, of course, he actually uses his uh, normal accent in his film. He's not he's, it's meant to be a London accent, meant to be a Cockney, but he uses his, his own natural yeah, yeah, right. accent, which I think adds to the character. I think. Definitely. Most well known, of course, in films such as um, I'll pick these out because he's done a lot. Oh, of, bloody hell! He's done a lot of films. He's also done a lot of cartoon stuff. But these are the ones that I picked out, which I think are, are pretty nice. And I think hopefully you'll agree with these. Uh, if, which is where uh, Cubic saw him in. It's in my wife's um, top five films. Well, that was his fir- third film. But she loves that film. film. She really uh, loves it. Oh, lucky man. Uh, it's a film of its time, isn't it? It is a film. He's good in it, yeah. Again, but it's quite weird, isn't it? It's it is a really odd film. Uh, Caligula. You know, I'm a fan of that film. Uh, Ace is high. Uh, really good. He's really good in that. He's really bitter. Blue Thunder. Do you know that's that's the first time I ever saw him when I was a kid? I was thinking, where did I first see, see him? I thought it couldn't have been. Couldn't have been clockwork. I'm thinking, for the first time I remembered seeing him, was in Blue Thunder. Yeah, I think uh, same here. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Generations. He's really good in it. 
The film I haven't got in here, and I've just this minute remembered it, because me and you really love it, and for the life of me, I can't remember it, but you'll give me the name as soon as I say it. had Paul Bettany as the younger version of him. Uh, Medic, uh, Gangster number one. Gangster number one, which is a it's fabulous got, It's not a brilliant bit at the beginning, but he's having a, he's having a piss in here, I think, yeah, and he goes into his champagne glass and he picks it up. He figures he's going to and he turns around and he goes, I'm going to have to swear, it's going to hurt me, because uh, I think I'm a can, I'm going to drink that. He just throws it on the floor. Yeah. He's a man. Well, think about him. Charisma. Yeah. I, you know, I was just saying to you, weren't I? It's a very thing for a man, a man to say, but in this, he's beautiful. He is. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, beautiful, yeah. he's cherub-like. Yeah. And that's why it's scary, isn't it? That's the reason why. And you actually, mm. use, you know what? You using the word cherub there, he's bang on. It he is. is he's yeah. he's yeah. angelic. He's beautiful. He's got the lovely blonde hair and the big blue eyes, hasn't mm. he? Yeah. He's really skinny. He's a fucking monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we, obviously, there's a lot of people in this film, but I've only picked out the main ones, okay? Uh, Patrick McGee as Mr. Frank Alexander, born Patrick George McGee, 31st of March, 1924, County Mar. Uh, sadly passed away, very young, actually, 14th of August, 1980, age 58. Uh, he was, he was uh, other film, two films that he was most well known, of course, he's Zulu, where he played the, uh, yeah. the army doctor. And uh, Sir Henry and Sir Henry are born in St. Henry, which he played the, the, the priest. Um, he was so worried doing this film uh, that he kept constantly asking Malcolm O'Dell if his performance was okay because he, he felt he was going so over the top. And, the, you know, the, the scene which we'll get to in a bit where he goes, My wife used to like wine! No, uh, he's no. really quite, Oh my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the door when he is, the door is like, <laughs> But that is actually quite. Do you know what? Teddy so. Gilliam uses that quite a lot, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like the bit where, I know we're sort of jumping ahead, but you know, with the yeah. tramps, all their face expressions, yeah. it's grotesque, isn't it? it I is like that. It's picturesque, yeah, it is very artistic. And, uh, you know, but I think how Kubrick can, can pull out emotion through. Fa- uh, you know, I mean, we, we'll talk about the end of the film, in, but it, yeah. it's a, the important part, remind me when I say about the beginning, all right? Uh, Michael Bates uh, plays the chief guard, uh, you know, the stereotypical guard, born uh, 4th of December 1920. In uh, in India, okay. Oh, now I'm going to say something in a minute. Right? Uh, Jihanzi, apologies if I said that wrong. The United Provinces, British, you know, British India, died 11th of January 1978. Was it? 57. Okay. He's most well known for uh, playing Blamire in the original series of Last of the Summer Wine, yeah. and of course playing the Indian in It Ain't Half Hotmart. Two actors who have portrayed Indians who have been like put makeup on, who have been criticised by people who didn't know, were Michael Bates. And Spike Spike Milligan and Indian, Both they? of them Indian. Indians? So there is a point of argument there where they're saying, well, I actually come from that country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They're, like, oh, they're not playing the thing, but interesting anyway. Uh, Warren Clark is Dim, born Alan James Clark on the 26th of April 1947 in Oldham in Lancashire. He's really, really young, but he still looks really old. He still looks really he old. Really, well, you know, he had an old face for everything. Yeah. He just... And uh, he sadly passed away last year, uh, 12, 12th of November 2014-67. Now, in 2014, he began filming Poldark, the new BBC adaptation of as Charles Poldark. The character's final scenes in the series in episode four, which Poldark lies on his deathbed before dying, was also Clark's own final scene as an actor. Oh. Uh, Clark was very ill at the time of filming and sadly died a few weeks later. In the first episode of the TV series, he's... Um, his memory. He's a good actor because he, he you know, he, he was that there was that big TV series he was in, weren't he? Yeah, he was in D- uh, Dad's Old and Pass. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but that was Film, really big. One episode that was filmed at the old um, Fox 
Vauxhall Hall's pub. Fact. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, he did. He was really good as well. Oh, he was brilliant tonight. Yeah, he was always good, but it was just. Can't bring myself to watch that. Yeah, yeah. I've got it. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really good. I know, I know. Watch I... it now. It's not. Now you've got a bit old, you know, you're not yeah. caught up in all that hooliganism world. It's a really good film. Yeah. Because Steve said the same thing. I forgot how good it was. Honestly, it's a better like film than you remember. You make that sound as if it was, in, as if it was hooligan. No, no, but we just <laughs> ran that world, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, knew people like see, that. See last episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, James Marcus as Georgie, uh, born Brian Thomas James, uh, born 23rd of June 1942. He plays Georgie, one of the Drugs. Most people in England will know him from playing in London's Burning. Uh, he's been in various other stuff. Uh, I'm going to read out the, the rest of the cast here. John Clive, uh, John Clive plays the stage actor. He's the one who told him to lick his boots. Um, it's an amazing bit, that is. Other people will know him as as being the person who, at the beginning of the Italian job, when Charlie Crowe comes out to get his car back, uh, and he gives him the money. And he goes, oh, you must have shot a lot of tiger. And he goes, yes, I use the shotgun. Um, Adriana Corrie is Mrs. Alexander, the first the per- lady gets raped. Um, Paul Fowler is a tramp. Clive Francis Joe the lodger. Uh, Michael Glover is the governor. Uh, Aubrey Morris, of course, plays Mr. Deltoid. Yes, young Alex, you've been going around years. Who I find the most disturbing character in all of oh, No, it's that bit where he lies in the bed with him. Yeah, and grabs his crutch. I know, yeah. Uh, go through uh, Philip Stoner's dad. Now, Philip Stoner's dad, do you recognise what other cubic film he was in? No. Do you not? No. The Shining. You oh. have always been the caretaker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty hard. <laughs> oh. Uh, Stephen yeah. Burkoff was in this film. Yeah, he's really young, isn't he? Yeah, he's really yeah. young. Got a nice little, a nice little fact about it. He's got hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a big Stephen Burkoff fan. No, he's really he's good. A brilliant. Guy, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant <laughs> villain, though. If you want a villain, he's really brilliant. Oh, yeah. uh, David Prose, Darth Vader. He's Julian. He's the person who uh, picks, who looks after the uh, the writer when he's in the wheelchair. Picks him up in the wheelchair. That's, David, that... that's David Prose. Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's pretty brilliant. Carol Drinkwater, who played the original uh, Helen um, in All Creatures Great and Small, she plays the nurse who's having sex with a doctor in the uh, in the hospital. Yeah. And the next, the last one that I think you're going to like, in the uh, milk bar, you got the bouncer in there. Did you recognise the bouncer? I was trying to know who was he. Was it Pat Rose? He was Pat Rose. Do you know? Really? <laughs> I was in that thought. I never. I remember. Is he basically? Is it that many things? He's just a big lump in him. Pat Rose's first film. That was. Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the film. Let's talk. Go for the film. I've got some uh, points here. Uh, the film opens with a red screen, uh, basically screen with that music that we were talking about, which is quite daunting, and then it cuts straight into Alex looking directly into the camera. Thoughts on that opening shot? It's an amazing shot. Mm. It's because I just love the way this really shows you how um, meticulous this shot is. Yeah. Because it starts off and it cuts up and it's right on his face. And then you've got the class, you've got one of the great start off lines, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. Me and my blower. And it just the way it just pulls out, it's a big deep focus shot. It just pulls yeah. back. And he's drinking his milk. And it's really, it's really slow. What yeah. I like, what I love that. Classic cubic again, classic again. But yeah, because he opens up with saying, uh, every colour. Every... Well, the whole of this film has got, got him, well, Alex, narrating the whole film. And I usually right? don't like narrators. I'm not a massive no. fan of the narrator. You know what I mean? Like Blade Runner, I never lost the This is the second film, because Trainspotting had the narration of Renton. And yeah. This film's got the narration of Alex. Yeah, yeah. And I'm usually not a big fan of it, but for some reason it works in this, because it's quite... It's got jovial. He's um. Well, yeah, he's opening. Uh, there was there was me, Alex, and my three Jews, Pete, Georgie, and Dim. Really, Pete's in the background. Really, he he's never any really. He's really a... in it. He just looks quite kind of scared. Um, the interesting thing is when he came to edit that after the shot was done, Cubic turned round and went straight behind the camera and straight up to uh, Malcolm O'Dowell, and he thought, oh, you know, this this is not going to bode well. Turn around because why did you do that? And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, what you did 
because do you know how brilliant that was? I, I didn't even think because it it was, you toasted the audience at the beginning. It's true. And when you think about it, I, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. And, and, and it's that subtle. Was, I didn't know that until I, I started watching it. We've and I stressed the 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 DVD. The, I've got a two disc edition here, which you're going to carry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The the uh, the I said called not the narration the um, commentary with Malcolm McDowell. That's why we watched that in. I didn't even know that. And it wasn't until I went, I went back and I was yeah, watching yeah, it. Because yeah, of course, yeah. it was there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. as he drinks it. Brilliant. Um, of course, they're in a Corova milk bar, which sells Milk Plus, which of course gets you ready for the old... Bit of the ultraviolet. Okay. But you still, you never really know what it is. It talks well, about milk. three different types, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it talks about it. It's got chemicals. or But you don't know if it's a drug yeah. or if it's milk. You don't really know. No, you I, don't know if it's from a cow. I think it's, I think it's something like... <coughs> Some kind of almost like an acid, or kind of almost like a speed. Like a speed, because if you look, like they're all all different people are in there, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah. like another gang over there. You see that? You That's why I recognise it. I've never noticed that bit before. You see, there's another gang, but then also the toughs that go there as well, isn't that? Yeah. And acting, acting types go on there. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is really interesting. It's so like, I don't know what what that is. Is that like the sixties kind of like? Hip kind of places where people go to go like Terence Stamp and all that, those kind of clubs where there's always. Well, I suppose in there, on. this was at a psychedelia, so you had all that, like the UFO club, didn't you? Yeah. Which was that pink flying thing where, where I think drugs were first crossing the boundaries, working class and yeah, well, upper class people were well, doing well, drugs. Yeah, because and, you had Woodstock in 69, so the hippie thing was starting. Dying, to get people realised it was all crap. Violence was coming on. Because well, a lot yeah. of this, the, the story comes from. Um, um, Dan, Daryl Burgess' story comes from a, a real truth. Anthony Burgess. Anthony Burgess. Daryl Burgess. Who's Daryl Burgess? Burgess was the bloody spy bloke. <laughs> Anthony Burgess t- uh, got this idea because it was um, youth crime, wasn't it? Yeah. He got the idea there was a, an interview with a, a 15 year old hoodlum who beat up an old woman mm. and he was saying only did it for a laugh. And that's where he got the idea from. In the, in, you know, you know, watching this film, you're thinking this film could be satire about any generation. Yeah. Every generation talks about the same thing with the youth, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, we don't know what they're talking about. They're speaking their own bloody language. Well, it's funny because... Violence we so, is everywhere. Yeah. They're like, mindless violence. They're all doing drugs. Well, you know, that's always been the same. You know what? You saying that, I was watching this program on uh, called Educated Cardiff, which is the third series of the Educating program. Yeah. And it's like hidden cameras. In well, it's not hidden cameras because it's bloody cameras. And the, te- that, yeah, and the teacher turned around and chastised this Welsh kid for dropping the uh, the H out of hard. So he's saying it's hard. Right? And he's going, lucky Welsh, you should say the H. You know, and he was saying, but, and they are right if you want to say the words phonetically and, and that as it should be. But of course, modern language, it's kind of like, you know, we don't we don't like people saying the word in it. That's the way. Right. But it's the modern way of speaking. We don't say oldie pub, do we? Exactly, know. right. Uh, uh, the, the English language is fluid. Mm. It always has been. The reason that's carried on and is the most dominant language in the world is because it changes all the while. Yeah. Every generation says things. And is influenced by other languages. So We've always took Indian, Patois, whatever we've mm. took them in there. And that's what this is all about. Like I said, we'll talk more about the language. <laughs> Some reason I wanted to go, I. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk more about the language going on. Yeah, because I've the got the best a, things about I've it. I've got a little dictionary at the back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they gave it for the old ultraviolence. And who's the, the first person they come into, of course, is a drunken tramp uh, singing his uh, song about, was it Cockles or something? No, yeah, yeah, about Ireland, did it? Well, you know, this is, I know, it, I don't want to be stereotypical about this, but this is part of being being British. Mm. 
growing up town when you were young, there'd be the drunks lying yeah. around singing. Singing old, old. It's sort of going around now because it's been gentrified by them. But when yeah. we with it, it was very much like bit of club work because when we first going up in our city. And, and the funny thing is, of course, we used to, not, we never used to, don't know, no, no, no. but we always used to go to the subway, didn't we? Yeah, because it was and, like, and, and say the line, which we sing, he goes, uh, because they beat the old tramp up, but before they do that, Alex turns around and uh, and says like, "Oh, and what's so stinking about it?" And the tramp goes, "You know, he goes, man of the moon." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. And of course, they, and they do really beat the hell out of him. I'm violent. But I, you know what? The only thing I, I weren't too happy about the, the DVDs. I was really hoping that they would have showed how they filmed certain things because he must have a lot of padding on. Although the sticks I've got are made of rubber or something, because. It's so well done, especially during the rape scene later on, where he kicks um, um, Paddy McGee in the in the stomach. You yeah. know, there's like, it's even really well done. There's Paddy there, and he's hiding it or, or whatever. But you then come across Billy Boy. Now the Billy Boy fight because with his drugs. Um, two interesting things about that. One, it's a bloody good fight. He's got a wicked out. They've got again, wicked out. I want to know how they did the stunts on that because oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're throwing people for the, it's them doing it. Which yeah, is mad. that's the interesting thing about this fight because he gets his knife out. And you think, oh, it's going to be a really vicious fight. But it comes balletic, balletic doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's swinging. The, for some reason, they've got frames and they're driving through windows, even though the windows are inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard bit. It's really violent. And they're, out, they're outnumbered, but they're still winning. Yeah. And they want to, it's like that classic thing, isn't it? They want to hurt each other, but not that much. Yeah, no, no, yeah do enough just to go. You want to hurt them? That was, this was actually the last scene that was shot. Yeah, I, I believe anyone thinks it took forty seven days. But did you notice that the bit where they got the young the young girl uh, on the stage getting ready to rape her? I don't know. If you notice, as they're undressing her, getting done, the lads on the stage are so careful about where they're putting their hands because you'd think like nowadays, it's like they, they, I suppose they wouldn't think too much of it. You know, the actors would be prepared and all that. And they'd be grabbing the boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they never do. They never do. If you they? notice, that's yeah, it. Yeah. And one bit, I know it's one guy, he puts his hand out and just all that, just slightly just away. And he puts his hand back. You know, the, the characters are meant to try and vapor. Yeah, yeah. And they've been so, bless them, they've been so gentlemanly about it. They lift them up nicely and they get yeah, <laughs> yeah. just that leg. And I think I actually quite, I thought, now whether that's, I don't think it's a deliberate thing. I think I've just done by the actors thinking, oh, we don't really want to hurt her, you know. It, you know, let's be honest about it. Uh, if, uh, you know, if anything that's, Problematic in this film, it's sex. Mm. The sex is weird in it, all weird. Yeah. The rape scenes, uh, you know. Although you don't see any. You don't see you them, but it, it, it makes you feel uncomfortable. And I like that. You should make you feel yeah. uncomfortable. Well, but it's not nice. It's not no, no, nice. No, no, no. Like I thought, I watched it for a few years. I thought, oh, I'll watch it again. I ain't going to be so bothered by that. Mm. And you're thinking, no, it's just not It's not nice. And I think that's what Tony Kubrick had a lot of uh, problems with didn't he problematic yeah. didn't he about the sex and stuff in it and I can see why at the time people because <laughs> it, it, it's matter of fact rape in it isn't it it's what they do yeah it's, it's, it's there and a bit of the you know yeah. bit, bit, bit of the old you know, you know yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so anyway that, and, that, and, and before that you're mm. thinking Alex is not saving her Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 it's got nothing to do with him. He just wants to kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be doing the same. Because you think, oh, she thinks, oh, thank you. No, 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 Her running off is why you suddenly hear the police come in. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's the one who called, like does the whistle, and if you know it's dim still battering the hell out of that guy with his chair. With his chair, yeah. Uh, and then they run off and they jump into um, the Durango uh, 95 car. Wicked. Now, this actually was an Adams Probe 16, only one of three ever made that Wh- car was. Uh, some seriously bad back projection going on, but I think that's deliberate. Yeah, it works with it. Yeah. Because he, they're all on the top. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot of it. Yeah, playing hogs of the road. I love that. Yeah, but yeah, that bit is all on anyway, because it's home, isn't it? Yeah. 
It's, you know, who has a thing? Home? Yeah. Where the driving home. round. It's like, it's like the watching this again, I was trying to get between, reading between the lines in this film. It's like, you don't know what's going on in society. Mm. You don't ever know, is it after... Is it after a nuclear war? Has something really bad happened? Because something's happened mm. because you've got all the working class people are in these blocks of flats. Yeah. It only calls it whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. And all the rich people live out in the country in these palatial mansions. Yeah. yeah. But you don't know what's happened. No. You, I've always thought with this film, like I said, I don't know, maybe someone could say, I haven't read the book. I'll be honest, I haven't I, read I've the book. I've read the book. Yeah, and I, and I, I can't remember much of it, to be honest with you, but I don't think there's anything. In the book, that's kind of mechanism. You don't know what it's like. No. Is it the near future? You don't know. Is it now? I can't remember because there's a lot of there's a lot of at that time politics in the whole. Seventies England was falling to bits, Uh, and that's what that is. And there's a lot of educational issues in it, and also of course that the you know the difference between the girls being raped in the book they're ten year old. I know. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the two girls he takes back to his apartment in in this, of course, in their twenties, but in the book they're ten. So there's a lot of there's a lot of extremism in that. And obviously, you couldn't film and rightly so to some degree because that that would that would be then too too disturbing for you. Then, what is that? How old is Alex meant to be? He's he's meant to be fifteen. Fifteen, but uh, um, Mark McDowell was twenty seven when he was filming this. So you know, that's why you get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now they get to the writers after that they drive several cars off the road which is always a bit weird though um, they get to the writers house and the writers have to be writing a clockwork orange which is an interesting there's loads of little hidden things in this film and I'll see if you, if you notice it um, and they they get into the house by saying someone's ill someone's Someone bleeding in the street in the street the woman lets her in, of course, they walk in, they've got that weird masks on. Alex has got these, uh, his nosy bonk, uh, yeah. which almost Spike Milligan, big long nose yeah. kind of mask on, which is really well used when filming the rape scene. Now, the rape scene, obviously, they, they come in, they tear the house up, it, it, they, they give the writer a bit of a kick in. Uh, and but then, no, it's, the, with the thing is, it, it, no, it's make, he's making them watch. That's the horrible thing. That's it, yeah. He it's not watch. the, well, obviously, he's a family rape, but we don't want to kill him. He just wants to hurt him and make it's him... torture, yeah. isn't it? It's torture, really. Well, it's, it's supposed to be, if you think about it, you're meant to be 15, that you don't understand things when you're 15, that things hurt people. Yeah. Even though most people do, but they're kids and exuberant. There's and look, well, also, as well, as I say, there's, and this whole, the whole book and also the film is about morality. And as there's a scene a bit later on with the, with the priest says that the fact he has no moral choice anymore because yeah. of the treatment he's had. That yeah, definitely. Is, you make the choice over moral interests. Well, isn't Clockwork Cohen supposed to be... Alex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's where that is, because people say that, isn't it, that he's meant to be like a clock, you know, yeah. you're making people like a clockwork, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a machine, but mm. real. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's yeah, what they all yeah. are, aren't they? Now, the rape scene, uh, as I say, they, they've got the writer on the floor, the husband, and they make, they, something in his mouth. No, he's got his ball in there. No, the ball he puts in her mouth, and he puts something else in his mouth. Because he's got a ball in his, bloody it's like weird a, thing he's wearing. Uh, a squash Squash court ball. Yeah. Thing. That's a cricket. Yeah, he's got a cricket thing. It's <laughs> so a weird... Weird. We should point out, yeah, actually, they're dressed in... Um, dressed all in white white jeans or white uh, overalls with white shirts, black bowler hat, black top hat, black beret. Yeah. Uh, Alex Hale is sporting... Uh, They've got false... Eye, false big, eye really eye big eyelashes. Eye eye I've never seen everywhere. Eye. It's amazing, bit that yeah. is. Uh, they obviously have sticks and they're wearing bother, what called bother, bother boots. boots. That's what they used yeah, to yeah, be. Either. Or Doc Martens, as you probably have. Pete Townsend copied the look for Woodstock. Although he said he always regretted not wearing ducks, he wore brain, brain, normal brain boots, I think, and he always regretted that. So it's an iconic look. He really is an iconic look, that. It's one for the... Well, it's, 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 it's always in the Simpsons. Simpsons have done it loads of oh, times. Oh, yeah, yes, Bart's always been in that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, in that, you know, in, you know, 
this is really, you know, there should be a context to these things for people who don't come from who from Britain. But when we were this film band or whatever it was was not around. No. We used to go into Swordfish, which is a record shop, and see it. Yeah. And everyone wanted to see this film, didn't they? And everyone knew about it before they even saw it. Yeah. Oh, it's all about gangs fighting. This is why banning things is not good, is it? No, no, no. And the only time you ever see it, the only time we ever saw it. We were really the pits and see it when it come back out. Yeah, it was in the nineties, weren't it? But we, I also had that. Uh, I bought it. There was a laser disc version. Bootleg, I, had the, I had the bootleg version, which, if you remember, when you got the red title screen on, it kind of flicked slightly greenish because it had been copied like about yeah. five times. In fact, Mark Camo talked about that in the documentary where he had the same. So he must have been the same. The one shows you what had been in this film. Everyone knew about it. Yeah, and you could buy it from France because it was only it was only withdrawn in England. Um, so you could buy it from France, but it was like twenty five quid in nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's a lot of money. Now the rape scene, obviously, they, they got the guy on the floor. They make him watch, which goes most of it. But do you know she's wearing a kind of like a woolen, a tight woolen outfit, very similar. And he cuts the, where her breast would be. And part of me was thinking, he's got pairs, isn't he? He's got to pull that out enough so he doesn't nick her. That's the first yeah, thing yeah. I kept thinking of. And he cuts the clothes off, and then he, he, he bends down, and he got that reverse camera shot. I remember he's singing. Oh, yeah, and because he... he, he remember, this is the disturbing bit of this. He sings Singing in the Rain perfectly. No. Not no, as a joke. No, no. I've got a fact for you here. Uh? The first one, the rape scene. Before the rape scene was filmed, Adrian Corey, who played the, the lady there, walked up to Malcolm McDowell and said, well, Malcolm, today you're going to find out if I'm a real redhead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is yeah. quite fun to break the, the Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Uh, singing in the rain. Now, when Malcolm McDowell met Gene Kelly at a party several years later, the older star turned and walked away from him in disgust. Uh, yeah. Kelly was deeply upset about the way his signature tune from Singing oh, in the Rain was used. It's brilliant. He was actually used that because uh, Cubic got bored of filming that scene. He said, it's just not having anything. Can you do something? Can you do a dance when you're doing it? And Malcolm McDowell improvised in the dance and then sang Singing in the Rain as an improv. Amazing. That's what, mate, it's what this film's doing. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, if you were to watch this at 13, mm. it'd be horrible. Oh, yeah. Like you watch it now, it's still horrible, but it's like, it's the singing that makes it horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, it's like the violence and the rape. You've got, you've got the cherub style of Malcolm McDowell, you know, the innocent looking, yeah, yeah. and then you've got this music going on. Anyway, they, they leave, um, they, they do the oldie now and the lady and yeah. leave them. You don't know why, how they leave them, but, it, you know. They yeah, and you don't, it's like that. the wheelchair, you don't know what, how he. No, so obviously they beat him severely where he loses the use of his legs and that his wife they although they she doesn't die at the time she dies a few years later from pneumonia but as the guy the writer says that i know what she died of she died of you know the attack that happened um they end up back in the uh, clover milk bar and alex is hypnotized by this one well, i but mesmerized by this lady I love this the night symphony it's Alex's no because uh, there's loads of chitter chatter and it stops for a second yeah and you just heard this angelic voice come out of it oh, and, yeah. and she's wearing weird she's got the what they say the tv types aren't they yeah, yeah. tv types she starts singing a bit of the ludwig van and um <laughs> she's got really weird and this is where it starts changing now the film doesn't it that you think oh it's just youthful exuberance, but you realise Alex is a bit different than the rest of her. Yeah. He's cool. It's a weird thing, he's cultured. He's cultured, he's intelligent. He, he, in a weird way, he's clever. Yeah. And this is where you realise that he's even separate from his own gang. Well, yeah. They don't like him. No, nah, because this comes up because Dean uh, makes some kind of. He goes, but he goes, yeah, he just doesn't love it. And he gets hit then on the legs by Alex's stick. And then they turn around and goes, you, you shouldn't do that to me. You know, this is where like, the language is really hard. Yeah, and the language is really hard. And then you realise that there's obviously some kind of like disruption in their gang going on. But and Alex like... pulls it back and says, no, I'm in charge. You know, you do what you do. Um, we then go back, he goes back home. We can't get in the lift and he, he ends up going back upstairs. Which is 
when growing up, you know, you always have a big bucket of flats. That's why they didn't think that worked. Now, we find out here that Alex is, uh, is actually at school because he tells his mum he can't go to school because he's got a, a, a pain in his, uh, in his stomach. And we find in my, uh, where is he called? In Gulliver. In Gulliver, yeah. Gulliver, isn't it? So he goes to bed. No, he's, he's got his bedroom door has a, um, a safe lock on it. So yeah, he locks yeah. himself in so no one can get in because obviously inside he's got all of his money, his watch, he's got yeah. his pet snake, yeah. uh, which of course he was deliberately put in there by Stanley Kubrick because Malcolm Dale scared of snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done then. And as he walks, it's a weird classic Kubrick again, where you see Alex walking out of his bedroom, he goes past that one room. Now you, the viewer, see it's that a, bloke. It's like sit, it's there's somebody sitting on the bed. But you don't like, realise, because you're like him in that bit. Yeah. You're thinking as he's walking down there, did I, is that Did I see that? Then? Or is that yeah. a mistake? When I first saw that from before, is that a mistake? Is yeah. that a cameraman? And that happens in The Shining quite a few times where you see something and think, was that there? And you, and you think, oh, hold on a minute. You start the class with the, the, the bath scene where the lady's nice looking and then she's horrible looking. Yeah, yeah. So, so Alex turns back around and this is where you see Mr. Doltoy played by the wonderful Audrey Morris. Um, and it's really disturbing. It's like, is he a school counsellor? It's not, is he kind of like a, a truant officer or something? You don't really know. But the way he speaks, where he puts the word yes, I think, uh, after school, are you? Yes, I'm feeling very well, are you? Yes, young Alex, yes. Yeah, no, it's and it's really predatory, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think it's really grating as well, don't yeah. you think? He's, he's that character, when he's speaking like that, you don't want him on the screen. No. Thinking, you're horrible. Who's your horrible one here? Yeah. Alex is just young. Yeah. And that, that's sort of, you know, that, like, that sort of makes more sense in the book that he's so young that he doesn't mm. understand his. Yeah. You know, these moral things. Now, yeah, in this point here, Mr. Delta then pushes him down on the bed, grabs his crotch, doesn't he, really, and gives it a squeeze. And and you can see that there's a bit where Alex jumps up and walks off, and he's like looking at him like that, and you can see that the, the Mr. Delta knows he's gone a bit too far in that, takes a swig of that water, and then you realise he's got the teeth in it, yeah, 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 which yeah. I think is a nice bit of humour for it. Oh, it actually breaks the scene up, that did. I think, it I think when Big Krubik, he always put humour in there. Yeah. It's, always, it's like everything, Shining, which is, there's some funny bloody bits in it with yeah. Jack Nicholson, isn't there? Oh, yeah, that? yeah. There really is, and I think he's very good at doing that. It, we, it done we haven't done the Shining. I can't remember what we've done here. <laughs> now, Alice goes to the record, so I'm going to read this out while it works. I think you might find this quite interesting. I like this And I don't know if you noticed it, noticed any of these. Oh, the band, the band names. There's loads of band, the band names. Band but it's the record in the front that you see. That I don't know if you noticed. Did you clock it? Oh, oh okay. I, I clocked it, actually, straight away. Alex goes to the record store. In the music shop scene, there is a list of top ten music bands upon the wall. One of the bands listed is Heaven 17. Yeah, yeah. Which one of the girls mentions to Alex, the name is used by a real band in the 80s. And with Alex in the record store, we can see the soundtrack of Kubrick's own movie, 2001 Space Odyssey, right at the very front. Uh, you can't miss it. It's right there at the front. Oh, it's, oh, so, it's so on. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, which, of course, came out in 96. It's on the lower shelf. Uh, we've Atom, Heart, Mother, Above It, Look for the Cow in the Field. Other records visible in the shop are Tim Buckley's Lorca from 70 on the island shelf where Alex enters the shop. Atom, Heart, Mother is visible. Now, um, there are two records to the left of 2001. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young's Deja Vu. Yeah, clear, yeah, yeah. Uh, to the right of this one is the transfiguration of Blind, uh, of Blind, uh, Joe Death by John Fahey. Uh, Between the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour and Atom Heart Mother on the Wall Behind the Counter is Neil Young's After the Gold Rush album. Yeah, some good records there. And yeah. the first Chicago album, the Chicago Transit Authority from 69, can also be seen. And the blonde girl with the lollipop can be seen looking at Mungo Jerry's album in the summertime. Oh, no, I love this scene. I think this is my favourite scene in the film, this is because you've just got to talk about his jacket in this, isn't it? He looks amazing in this bit. It's like, 
this is where you realise that he may be, you know, this gang are all, but they ain't friends. No. Because he's on his own most of the time, isn't he? Yeah. Right? And he just walks into this record shop and he's got this, I don't know what you'd call it, it's like Victorian, nung, yeah. something like, you know, you'd imagine the French army had wore like a general would wear. It does look like a general's coat. Yeah, it? it's beautiful, but it's beautiful, isn't it? And he looks amazing when he walks in his shop. Like he owns it, doesn't he? Yeah. He like picks up a magazine from one store, he's reading it. And then he goes up to these girls, and this is the weird bit. It's what they're bloody sucking, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's... that's They're sucking... There's no doubt these are oysloles, what they'd probably call them. I don't know what they call them. They're like a popsicle, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And there's no doubt it's phallic, isn't it? Oh, yeah, especially when that droop. The one's drooping. (laughs) And I just love this bit where he's trying to... You know, when he's so confident, he can just go, he walks in between them, and he's looking for the records, and then he's bragging about his... Uh, they've got a rubbish uh, music system. Come back to mine and listen to the music mm. system. And it's not getting there. Oh, yeah. It's just a really crazy sex scene, isn't it? Because the girl, they're constantly getting dressed. Oh, and yeah, walking out, and then they stop them. And they make them wear dressed again. Yeah, it's the William Tell Aperture, isn't it? Yeah, it's a wicked bit, though. No. I bet you people have slowed that bloody down. You could slow that right well, down now, couldn't you? The, according to Mark and Badal on the commentary track, the sped-up sex scene was originally filmed in an unbroken take. Bloody hell. Which took... 28 minutes to film. What? <laughs> That's a lot of pretending to have sex. And yeah, because it's full on as well. Oh, it is, yeah. There's a lot of different... They must have been laughing at that, which is the reason why everyone was saying that. <laughs> now, he comes downstairs and he finds the Drew's waiting for him and questions his authority and say that we want to have the new way. And and, and you can see here that this is where it's all going to start start turning. They come up with the idea of robbing different places. And on the way out, you've got that wonderful slow motion scene where they're walking along the river. Brilliant. It's, like, it's one of the most... It's Yeah, I'd say it's... It's the sort of centre of that film, that bit, isn't it? Yeah. Because you know what's coming. Even even though, even when you first saw that film, it's his face, isn't it? Malcolm yeah. McDowell's face. He goes, I'm all, uh, I'm all calm on the outside, but all volcano-like inside. Oh, and you know something's going to happen, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just jumps down, Amazing smacks uh, Georgie in the crotch with his stick, and he falls into it, and then turns around and, and throws Dim in. And then you got the thing where he puts his hand out, which is really horrific when you see him smiling, going, come on. Come well, it's the famous bit, is it, with his... The eyeball on it's his... It's his eyeball uh, bracelet and his, uh, his dagger nine. in his finger. Yeah, yeah, it's the it. cover, isn't it? Yeah. You know, probably makes me, oh, it must be... It's only one little bit, that, what? isn't That's it? one scene, now. One scene with his watch. Yeah. It's the most famous bloody what bit, isn't it, his watch. Yeah, because he ends up cutting Dim's hand. And then they all end up back in the pub then. Don't know the Duke of New York pub, is sadly not there anymore. Uh, and then that, you can see it's quite a tense. So it's on the drinking, isn't it? The drinking. They're drinking a pint, yeah. They're actually, it's only time having booze, isn't it? And he turns goes right, we're back to our old days, right, right. And they all kind of like reluctantly say, right. So you know something's going to happen later on. And they have the idea of breaking into these kind of. They call it a hell farm, don't they? I don't know what's it's going on there. Loads of cats and cocks. Just yeah, loads of yeah, phallic. Oh, I'll put it here loads of phallic items. Alex gets in. He tries the he tries the same line that he which is down for. Uses the same line as he did to the Alexander's house. She and so she phones the police saying, look, he's saying the exact same thing that happened on that poor writer's house. He breaks in, uh, he ends up, and she don't stand for it, which is really good characterisation of Cubit there, where she's quite a strong woman, where she, where she says, uh, what do I put, uh, 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 cut the shit, sonny boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you want it? And he, there's that massive, like, cock, really, isn't it? That strange piece of art. Yeah. Where he picks it up and chases around and she's actually hits him with a bust of Beethoven, if you notice. Yeah, he's a Beethoven, yeah. There's loads of stuff Which like that in Beethoven. Which is another sign of his downfall to come, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
and he ends up well he doesn't think he's killed that he thinks he just knocks out why you'd think that you know I mean it's a I think it, it's up. he loses his cool doesn't he yeah yeah and he kills. of course he gets outside then and Dean smacks him across the head with, with a milk bottle with another thing another thing yeah. and, uh, and he's, he's taken to the police station where then he's, he's kind of like uh, question, so we say question yeah like, it's a wicked classic bit is that wicked bit when he grabs his <laughs> oh yeah he just no goes, when he's panning him he just goes grabs him for all today and he still wants he's still for that little bit even with all them men bullying him and hitting him, he's still on top. Oh yeah, he's still got that. He's still got that fighting. Well, that's Tim Burkhoff who grabs the crotch up, isn't it? But it's when he comes in, he's probation. Because that's the weird thing as well. Because in it, the talk about that he goes to school, doesn't they? Yeah. But it's not a normal school because he's done things before. Because so it must be like a ball store. You don't know like that, that, do you? Because yeah. he says, "Oh, he's done things before, hasn't he?" Yeah. And it's when he starts. It's when you realise then that oh, that Alex is he's fucked now, isn't yeah. he? Oh yeah. Because uh, the uh, deltoid comes in. And uh, he spits in his face, which I think is a whole bit. Uh, interesting fact, that's not all we mostly spit. Is it not? Ran out of spit because of fucking Kubrick's, like, you know, <laughs> tanks. Uh, that's actually Burkhoff's spit. <laughs> Burkhoff jumped at the chance to spit in Malcolm at Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sums Burkhoff up. Yeah. Isn't it, really? So, prisoner 655321, uh, which is Alex's new number, is uh, sentenced to 14 years. After two years, in, he's got two years in prison. There he is. He's obviously starting to find religion. Do you know? Yeah. It's it's uh, it's all you know. This scene with the Jesus bit. Oh, with him whipping Jesus. Yeah. I think you know. I was thinking my favourite scene in that film in that is that bit. Right. I, you know, I love. I know. <laughs> no, it's because I love the way. Even though you think he's going for redemption, he's not. No. He's reading no, no. his book. You're thinking, oh, he must be going for redemption. No. He sees himself. As, as a Roman in his lovely clothes. Yeah, yes. He's obsessed with clothes, yeah, isn't he? And I, 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 you know, I'm a man. You know, most like clothes. Yeah, as well, yeah, 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 And yeah. I think you know, yeah, a lot of blame. I don't like clothes, but I do, and I like the way he's obsessed. Just because he looks good. Yeah, yeah, he looks good, and then he's getting fed grace for the woman. Oh yeah. But also, yeah. of course, it's like it's that thing where it, the vicar is he's the nicest person in the whole of this film because he's the one who believes. Well, that. you don't think at first because he's ranting and he's ranting and all that, and you got the the prison there giving the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things, you know, yeah. No, the weird bit that is the the prison guard. <laughs> what's he doing? Because you, you don't know what you don't know. He's that gay bloke, Prentice, doing that to Alex or to him because you don't, he's more offended than I, Alex. I think it's to Alex. He's not bothered Alex, but, is but, he? But yeah, but the the prison guard represents authority, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. And that's another thing about authority, where it's like you know, this is where Michael Bay's like, oh, yeah, well, Alex, he's not bothered. No, he's just sitting there, there isn't he? Really? Well, that's because you find it's two years later. And because he says to the, the vicar, look, you know, what about this treatment? Uh, he goes, I just want to be good. You know, does he really want to be good? Or is he using this excuse to get out? You know, and at the end of the day, he does, he stands out from the from the crowd, but the minister comes out, questions it all, and he, he gets picked for it. Now, the treatment is, is fairly harsh. It includes Beethoven, uh, which was not meant to make him sick, of course. That, that was just a soundtrack. They didn't know. It was, oh, no, I don't like that thing. That's when it was, when he goes, uh, no, 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 I don't know. Not the lovely man. And that's when the stop and go. You know who's Ludwig van? Yeah. Because this is a thing again about youth and age again, isn't it? Because yeah. people talk about this 60s and the 70s was the time when youth and older people split up. Yeah. Before that, they were all together families. This is where youth culture was going off on its own. And older people couldn't understand young people. Because at the time, we had mugs and rockers in Britain. You didn't really have it in America. But in Britain, this youth culture mm. was big. Yeah. They were fighting over weekends, weren't they? You had tents and all this kind of thing. And they can't understand that 
Right, you know, it was a bit of Beethoven. Mm. But he's a very cultured person. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's the automatic assumption. That it's a bit like what, what every now and again we still get where that you automatically think just because if you work in the factory you don't have any interest. Uh, exactly. And, and we've, Britain we've had is that very one. much like that. Because we've, you okay. know, there's a lot of class system in this thing as well, isn't that? Yeah, which was really, I mean, even there's only really big. Big. It's still, it's still big, big now, now but nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. So, and the, you know, that a lot of work, middle class people or upper class people, should I say, can't understand that working class people like other things apart from fighting and sex yeah. he, he does like them stuff but he also likes music and yeah. clothes yeah yeah sophisticated he's sophi- he, sophisticated for he's different than the rest of the droogs isn't he oh, he's yeah. different he's well, that, different that, that, that's where he stands out isn't he now the, the treatment that he gets is basically is subjected to drugs uh, yeah. Which make him then when he watches violence. Uh, when he's watching the Nazis, yeah. that amazing bit of music and film. Oh yeah, it's where he pl- where he's shown them Nazis, you know, and there's that music playing, mm. and it's the really weird. That's what's weird about this my soundtrack. It's the versions of versions of. It's music. like electronic with weird vocal, shaw, shaw, shaw. and that bit of the Nazis is yeah. perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh yeah. and it's like you know, and also he know, likes it at first, doesn't he? Well, yeah, because he's seen the the almost now. Because of the way the camera's done, you kind of think, yeah, they've staged what he did. Because if you look at it, it's a bit like when you see recreations and stuff, it's not quite right. They're not wearing the, the right yeah, clothing. Yeah. And you look and you think the bloke's being beaten up and all that. And you think, you don't know, is he being beaten up? Is it all staged? And then you've got the sex scene that goes on. and then he, But that's when he starts to feel sick and you've got the German thing sick. because then he hears Beethoven. So, and whilst he's doing that, he's got his eyes clamped open. Which it's like, famous. Oh, it's most famous. Seen out of that, oh, yeah. isn't it? And of course, he did get his corneas scratched by. Oh, it's horrible! You'd, you'd never do that now. The person who's doing the eye drops and he's an actual doctor who was there to make sure that he wasn't in too much pain. Kind oh, because you see, he's doing them drops bloody loads. Yeah, and he knows exactly what he's doing. You know. Anyway, he, he his class is being cured, and he goes on stage, and then you got the man who we talked about earlier who makes him lick. He's, he punches into the just and he goes. Which is a very seventy stereotype of yeah. a, a camp. TV bloke in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. You could tell still this was the 70s because yeah, yeah, yeah. that role is what you think of a gay man in the 70s, well, weren't it? This is the only oh. thing that he comes on, he gives him a smack and then he goes and makes him lick his boot and all that. And then they applaud him, he goes out and he gives him a bow like it's the best performance of his life. He even puts his hand out to Alex and they're like, never applause for Alex. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the lady come out and she's in the, and you see the guard going, Whoa, no, whoa, that's whoa. a really funny bit. <laughs> that's why I like the humour in it. Oh yeah, there is a, yeah. And it's about that she like you know he wants to go and feel the. Oh, he's like, that's that brilliant yeah. camera angle. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. But then because she can't do it, you feel sick, and she was, and then she behaves and does all this, and it's like this is what you know out of where actors must have to do, kind of thing, you know. And so then, of course, he's released. And yeah, but the vicar does turn out that this isn't right. You know, he's lost all cho- uh, choice. And it ceases to have a moral choice no more. You've made him into something he's not. And of course, it's perfectly right. They think that's the ideal solution because he's going to feel sick every time he has violence. Of course, this does backfire as we find out because he leaves the house, goes to his parents' house, and they've got a lodger moving called Joe. What an arse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though you can understand why having someone like Alex, because a lot of the problem in this is the parents, isn't it? Yeah. Because they're all, he, the dad don't, Care is like a wet lettuce, isn't well, it? The and the mum is drugged up because, yeah. Oh, what did you mean? What time did he get back? I was sucking my sleepers again, like what we talked about with train spotting, where Renton turns around and says, uh, My mother's own sociably acceptable drug addiction, Valium. It's exactly, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if that was being inspired from that, yeah. Well, yeah. because it's you know, they don't they let him do what he wants, yeah. Go to school, uh, I've got a bit of pain in the yeah. gulliver, yeah. oh, okay, he'll sleep up. 
You should be no. getting into school. Well, isn't there a bit where, where when, when Alex is in the prison, when he gets undressed and he's, he checks his ass? Oh, he's very laughing. He's got the torch. Yeah, and the way he's talking to him. Yes, sir. And the yeah. way he's talking, Because the thing with it, in, with adults in this film, Alex is really respectful. Yeah. He's only disrespectful to other young people because he's he's really polite, isn't he? Yeah. Well mannered. Yeah. He don't speak in his nads. He doesn't speak in that language no, no. to adults. No, and he's really respectful. He only uses nads. It's a bit like um, Kevin and Perry, isn't it? Yeah. Where you, you go, oh, Mr. Patterson. Yeah, yeah. And he's speaking really respectful to it. And everybody's you know, sort of thing. But um, I'm sure there's a part of them who actually turns around and says that his dad... I thought he said his dad died because of being sent down and his mum was all... all uh, uh-huh. uh, blurby blurby with grief now obviously I must have misheard that he must have said he had a heart attack yeah yeah and didn't die because yeah. he's clearly alive there yeah we're all in the boo-hooing all the boo-hooing <laughs> yeah boo-hooing so anyway Joe turns around and, and you can see that he ain't going to be leaving so Alex is homeless he comes out and a, a tramp the same tramp asking for some cutter uh, he gives it to him and then the tramp remembers who he is and beats him up because Alex can't fight back you see that like, Joey goes to punch him and he suddenly feels sick yeah, he wants yeah, to just wretching and stuff and then all the, the tramps beat him up and then who should turn up the police to help him out the police yeah, which is a, there's a lot in this film about anti-police isn't there there's well, no well, doubt that he was having a go at authority Kubrick was in his film that and it was becoming yeah. thuggish well there was a 70s point. police were 70s thuggish. police well this is the thing where Dean and Georgie end up I mean how do you become a policeman you'll never know they take it to the country and they try and drown him uh, in that that's got an oxygen tank in that it's a weird bit that is because the drive into the middle of nowhere then stop then walking through a field to find an old bath yeah it's a weird bit that and also is. For, for, for any location scapes out there that's actually a lane where um, the house where they write the person is just up the road from. so it's all the same filming though. so obviously filming everything on block you know yeah, yeah. but the fact that I think there, is, there was a well known thing in, in England where the uh, some police were recruited who weren't what are your classes ideal police material no, and they used to drive what were they called now the black. Black. you remember they used to drive around in a van didn't they yeah, and they had numbers on and everyone knew they've gone now didn't they, they, were, they changed the back the black and tans were oh, no the black and tans were in Ireland because you had the back what, uh, what the uh, they used to call them didn't they everyone Something, knew yeah but they had no numbers on. Oh no! And basically, and they, they, they were the they were the ones too. using the riots in the with yeah. the uh, miners' riots. The miners, they yeah. were basically thugs. Thugs, yeah. Right. Well, they used to call back up as well. Yeah. They used to call them back up. Right. They got rid of all them, didn't they? Yeah. They got rid of all that, didn't <laughs> thankfully. they? Thankfully. Now Alex, uh, yeah, he gets beaten up and attempts to drown. They go off laughing, don't they? And then that's the last you see of them. But Alex makes his way to a house for help. Of course, this is again the writer's house. Uh, and they, they help him in now the, the writer if you look on the table has got all the newspapers that Alex being, Alex being released now he doesn't at this point I don't know if you think this I don't think he's associated it's the same person who raped his wife because he's like, know, a, like a liberal isn't he like a real liberal and he turns yeah. around and he goes you're the guy who's in the newspaper I recognise you and you think oh he's been clued and it's not it's from the newspapers because he had a mask on when he raped his wife now whether, whether he's just there's a mental block there or something I don't know but they, he gets in the bath and he's having a bath and because he starts singing in the rain and then he cuts where he must click but there's a mistake here because he phones up those people uh, yeah. to say look the, the guy's here you know we can, we can really use this for our political gain but at what point does he puts the phone down and he remembers as you said that scene where he's filmed from underneath and he's like shaking he's like Ooh. no he's the most shaky actor oh, yeah, yeah, he's right. and he's going mad and, and Alex then and he's, you know, he's as a bath and he eats. Yeah, his and food. he reads a newspaper. Yeah. Right, that makes sense because if we read that newspaper, surely he'd say, because he's the first person this has been mm. tried on. So it must have been in that paper that uh, they're trying this new thing on this. 
Well, they do. That's the headlines, isn't it? But so funny, they not so, re- but so he's recognised now because of the singing in the rain that it's the same person because his mannerisms are totally different and David Prays ain't saying out to him. And he turns around and he goes, would you like some wine? Yeah, and he, right, he yeah. feels that thing like that and he goes, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> it's really kind of like... No, it's an odd bit. It's really it? weird. And you can see there's anger and he's really trying oh, to... Oh, yeah, there's rage in him. Oh, yeah, he goes, have some more wine. My wife liked wine. <laughs> until she's <laughs> brutally raped. <laughs> and, he, and, I, and Alex must be thinking oh, shit, he knows where and all the way through those those two people come up your man from I say I say I like this I say from Coronation Street yeah, yeah. Up. And, but what point did they know to be in on the act about him yeah that, yeah it don't it doesn't make sense the only sense, bit in the bit. film that doesn't function that well does no, it no. I, like I said I don't know what that bit is in the book or he had trouble or he was cutting bits out but you don't know with Kruger. Again, with Kruger, this was a four-hour film originally. You know, yeah, you know, that's it. You'd like to see that. I know because he said that. But weirdly, in that John Ronson book, in his private collection, he's got that cut. Oh, really? In his collection. Oh, God, don't you want him to release it? Don't you want to see this? That's book? weird because uh, <coughs> he had his assistant destroy every bit of material nah. that I used. So, uh, I don't know. If it's not meant to be in there, it's not meant to be. That's why I said to, the conversation we had about Apocalypse Now. There's a reason oh. why the plantation scene shouldn't have been in there. Oh. It doesn't help the film. It doesn't help the film flow. Oh. Let's not get into it. Does that. Does it doesn't, does it? No, it does. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't let's not it? get into that debate. We've already had a bloody two-hour podcast about this. But, no, but I would still love well, to see no, his version of it. Unle- but that, he's a, that's my argument, right? And that's why I was arguing with you, on, uh, not arguing with you, but debating about it on the podcast now. Unless the studio demands you take it out. Well, Tenny Kinney had loads of stuff, didn't now, it? Now, that means that's not your vision. If, if you had the right to edit it and you released it like, like Coppola did and like Kubrick did, then that's your vision. Yeah. And Lucas, that was their vision, that was their film time. Coming back to it and saying, because you're not doing that film as the 19th century, you're doing the film as you're doing it now, you can't go back and go, because yeah. you do that all the time, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like going back and thinking, no, you know, I'll paint that wall. I don't think it's Kubrick, I don't think he was ever happy with anything he ever did, does he? No, I just don't. No, anyway, they end up torturing Alex by playing Beethoven really loud and he ends up jumping out the window to try and kill himself to get away from it. Now, the suicide attempt here uh, is filmed from his own perspective. This was done by using a Newman Sinclair camera enclosed in a custom-built plastic box and thrown out of the building six times until it finally landed pointing downwards. Uh, it broke the lens, obviously, but the camera itself survived, otherwise unscathed. Oh, yeah. And Kubrick later marvelled at the durability of this particular type of camera. Oh, yeah, to throw a camera out of a bloody... <laughs> now, Alex is featured in the news and he's cured and back to his normal ways... Obviously, the jump out of there, you know, it's a bit like that kind of thing of, of, of uh, how they get um, Hawkeye back in the Avengers, like they, they smack him in the face. Well, if you think about this, when he's when he comes out of prison, changed all these things that are happening to do take that out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's immersed in water. There's he's had music playing. He's all these things. He's bringing him back, yeah. isn't it? Bringing him back to Alex. Now another thing that always made me laugh was the uh, when the minister comes to interview him because obviously there's bad press, seriously bad press. The minister's got to change his face, so he offers him a job. Yeah, basically they're paying him off. He hasn't got he hasn't got to worry about anything for life. And he's sitting there and because he's, he's, he's got a brilliant look on his face. Though, well, he's going. Yeah, but he's making cut the yeah, dinner okay. Now, that was done. Uh, the popping of his mouth open for food was entirely improvised again. As Stanley Kubrick again got bored during the scene, so Malcolm Medell started doing silly phrases and opened his mouth up to do it. And it works so well. That's, that's the whole thing about it. 
And, and, the, and the film ends because obviously it, it ends on um, with the. the, the it's a weird thing. The redemption in this is, is, is back to being Alex. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's I, a weird I, old. I've wrote here on the on the script here that it's got a Kubrick based script on the shortened US edition of the book, which missed the final chapter, which was restored in uh, in the mid eighties. Kubrick's film is relatively faithful to the Burgess novel, omitting only the final positive chapter wherein Alex matures and outgrows his sociopathy. Yeah. Whereas the film ends with Alex uh, offered an open-ended government job, implying he remains a sociopath at heart, as the novel ends with a total change in character. Now, I'm going to read this out here, which is about the, the psychology and the, the, yeah, yeah, the right. markers, and I'll see if you agree with what, what your opinion is. Oh. is a, the film's central moral question, as in many of Anthony Burgess' books, is the definition of goodness and whether it makes sense to use aversion therapy to stop immoral behaviour. Kubrick, writing in a Saturday Review, described the film as as follows, quote, A social satire, dealing with the question of whether behavioural psychology and psychological conditioning are dangerous new weapons for a totalitarian government yeah. to use to impose vast controls on its citizens and turn them into little more than robots. The clockwork orange. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so, because I think that... You know, a lot of these films about him being violent, but he's only a product of his environment. Yeah. We all are products of our environment. You are where you are because of social interactions, of society interactions. Very much so. Like I said, he's bad. Mm. Alex is bad. You know what I mean? Because I know that, you know, he's when, you watch it when you're a kid, I can stand because you think it's cool. And we do. Yeah. You, you know, I still do. Let's be honest about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. When we first was ring, we were all out going uptown. Get one of your mates on the floor and give them a kick in, right? Because that's what you do. Maybe. Not the maybe. <laughs> we don't really think about that. You just Actually, think, you know, but, that, but that's a moral issue. That's a moral. Uh, that's a moral issue of, of your own personal upbringing, because the fact that you and everyone does it has been brought up in a good morale background. Mm. The fact you tend to blank out severe horrors, which is of course rape. No one wants to think about that yet. Having a bit of a pylon and having a bit of a shoeing is something that is a, well, a natural blokey thing to think of. It, it, really? Because everyone does pylons, don't they? Well, part of Britain, growing up, yeah, when we talk about this strange spotting, mm. is getting drunk at yeah. a very early age and fucking about. Yeah. And right? Punch, hanging and around punch, in a gang of Punching things, smashing things, punching, yeah. punching somebody like right. that. Mm. <laughs> no, but this is what you do when you're young in yeah. Britain. I'm not saying it's anywhere, but it's very much part of British culture. You're 15, 16, you go out to the park, drink a bottle of cider, yeah. then walk around in a group, walk around the streets together, yeah. smash stuff up, yeah. hedge hop, knock door run, <laughs> right? Do all these kind of that these days. Yeah, <laughs> do all these kind of things, and then you sort of go out of it as you go old and you start going into pubs and things. But yeah. it's very part of it. You want to get out and do things. And, yeah. On the call sheet, Kubrick could wrote, and I think this is really quite apt actually, it's a story of dubious redemption of a teenage delinquent by condition reflex therapy. It is, at the same time, a running lecture on free will. Definitely. Yeah. That's pretty good, isn't it, really? Uh, the psychology aspect of it, and this was, I'm sorry to quote this from Wikipedia, but this is where I got it from, was another critical target is the behaviourism of behavioural th- th- psychology. There's a lot of long words going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, propounded by psychologist John B. Watson and B. F. Skinner, Burgess disapproved of behaviourism, calling Skinner's book Beyond Freedom and Dignity, one of the most dangerous books ever written. Although behaviourism's limitations were conceded by its principal founder, Watson, Skinner argued that behavioural modification, specifically operant conditioning, which is learned behaviours versus symmetric reward yeah, and punishment mean. techniques, 
rather than the classic Watsonism conditioning, is the key to an ideal society. The film's Ludovico technique is widely perceived as a parody, a parody of aversion therapy, which is a form of classical. Yeah, no, but well, it, well, it's true when you think about it, right? Because, right, the, society needs wants to stop in doing violence anyway, chemically, whatever, like the chemical cosh, to make him do it. But also, religion, who's the bingy, wants to make him make choices, not for himself, just by the book. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't want to get into a, a diatribe on religion, but it, this is where it all comes from. Religion is a social thing of keeping people in order. Yeah, remember modern day. Yeah, well, actually, no, that's remember actually older, God right? was invented by man, not the opposite way, not the opposite way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, what happened before? What were people? You know, we always talk about this. Hmm. What were original people like before religion? Remember, even Judaism's new on the block in the scale of man. What? Yeah. What the hell was their society like? What did they have morals with? I've always been really yeah, interested in this. What was the moral questioning before? They were original people in the first hundred years, the first when the Anderfall and Bingy. Oh, thousand years. Thousand years. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in the first hundred years, right when people at first their brains were developing, yeah. right? What was their society like? Did they have right and wrong? Well, yeah, because well, there was a point of well, yeah, because you, obviously you can you reverse to what your your surroundings are, you? which is the reason why, as like two thousand and one, you've got the stick being thrown in the air. As the start of life, which is the, the beginning of your, and and then I suppose you get like the, the thing of fire, isn't it? Fire. They often say that fire is what makes the man, because nothing. What happened before fire? Really, you know, how did, how did people eat? It's, it's, it's all those kind of things. That, that part of history is really interesting. Well, because we don't we'll never, and we'll no, never no, know. We'll never know. There's no written language. No, there's nothing. No, there's no. The only documentation, the only documentation you have is pictures. Is that one in France on the bloody yeah, one on the carvings? We, we and, just you know. don't know. It, it's fascinating. I think it's what psychologists are so fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, because what you, can is, only, you can only go by, um, you know, of, of, of how you are now or how we know of recorded history. Yeah. Even then, though, you're basing that on t- on Chinese whispers to a certain degree. Really? Because did that really... It's like, like what we've always said about war. Wars were written by the heroes, by the winners. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm fascinated by the Germans' perspective. The oh, Second was that World War. The, you, know. The, I, I, you know, like I said, I've always been interested in losers. Mm. I, I don't want the successful... I'm not interested in the successful people. No. They're not interested. No, boy. They, they've got no... You know, they're just doing... They're socially... You know, to be successful, I've loads of money. I'm, I'm not, you know, it's like a bit like we're going to Hunter S. Thompson here, right? Mm. Hunter S. Thompson was in The Outsiders, right? He talks about this in the same kind of thing, and it's in um, Hal's Angels, his first book, right? He said he was interested in these Hal's Angels because society looked at these as violent people, but he said, no, they're just honest. Mm. He said, the people who are the most violent are the people in the suits. Yeah. He yeah. said, until we understand that we're all the same people, no group of people is different than another group of people. Religion or politics might make that, but we're all the same. The humans are violent people, and we've got to understand that. If we've got to go to it, you've got to learn to deal with it. Mm. Right? How's Andrew's go out and fight? And that's what this is all about. Alex is just doing what's natural to him because he hasn't grown up yet and had a social convention changing him. Which is, he's just being pure. Which, of course, is what, what questions about where <coughs> what his school is and where he's actually... Yeah, it's like he talks doesn't need to dim. Why do you want more money? Yeah. You've got everything you need if you want to, whatever the coffee we call women now. Yeah, if you want, you go and get it. If you want to sparkly stuff, you go and get it. Yeah. You want a car, you, you put them through the tree. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, it's all interesting stuff. 
Anyway, let's go on to the language. Would you? Oh, well, I don't know. Would you like some? Would you like some uh, filming location stuff? Go on, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, okay. I say the attack on the tramp was filmed at the now renovated Southern Pedestrian Underpath below Wandsworth Bridge Roundabout in Wandsworth, London. Mm. Uh, the Billy Boy gang fight occurs at the demolished Carissimo Hotel on Tag. Is Island. that underpass still there? Then exactly. Yep. The same. It's still there. Is that the same? Yeah, just cleaner. Just cleaner. Yeah, because yeah, it does not smell it. Alex's apartment is on the top floor of Canterbury House Tower Block in Boreham Wood, Hertfordshire. Mm. An exterior blue plaque and mosaic at ground level commemorate the film's location. Oh, imagine if you had that happy, bloody brilliant. Oh, if you had your house, you'd have to do your bedroom. You'd have to do your bedroom like oh, Alex's, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. I think it's so crazy. That yeah, yeah. Uh, the record shop where Alex picks up the two young women was in the basement of the former Chelsea drugstore located mm. on the corner of Royal Avenue and Kings Road in Chelsea. And McDonald's restaurant now occupies that building. Oh. Mm. Uh, the menacing car scene where the Durango Notified drives under the lorry trailer was shot by Colony Heath on Bullens Green Lane at the crossover of Fellows Lane in Hertfordshire. It's all the way around the studio, as you see. The writer's house site of the rape and beating was filmed at three different locations. Oh. The arrival of the car by the home sign was shot on the lane leading to Munden House, which is off School Lane, Bricket Wood. The house's exterior and garden with the footbridge over the pond is Milton Grundy's Japanese Garden in Shipton under Witchwood, Oxfordshire. And the interior is Skybreak House in the Warren, Radlett, Hertfordshire. Notice the chair that the lady's in. It was designed by the guy who did all the Esk album covers. Ah! Uh, Alex throws Dim and Georgie into the Southmere Lake at Thames, Thamesmead South Housing Estate in London. This is 200 yards north of where Alex walks home at night through an elevated plaza, which is unfortunately now demolished. The Duke of New York pub is the demolished The Bottle and Dragon pub, formerly the Old Leather Bottle in Stone Grove, Edgware. Mm. The Cat Lady House, where Alex is caught by police, is Shenley Lodge, Rectory Lane, Shenley in Hertfordshire. Mm. The prison's exterior is Her Majesty's Prison, Wandsworth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The chapel where Alex scrolls the lyrics as the prisoners sing and gets the building is probably now demolished, although it's at St Edward's College, Tottering Lane, North London, the same site where the Alex signs the consent for the treatment in the prisoner governor's office. Uh, the two bi- uh, biblical fantasy scenes were filmed at Dashwood uh, Mausoleum in West Wickham. Uh, the check-in at Ludovocal Medical Centre, the brainwashing film theatre, and Alex's house lobby with the broken elevator is Alex and Alex's hospital bedroom and police interrogation beating room are all at Brunel University. So all of that is filmed at Brunel. Oh, you know, the good thing about that... Fit a bit of time on your end. You could go and do all that, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. Because it's all in, you go to London and get the blue tube around all them bloody ones, didn't you? I'm just the one day in the. It's mad that Alex's hospital bedroom and the police interrogation beating room is the same room. Yeah. I say that's the punish now. The minister's presentation to the media of Alex's cure takes place at the Netfold Hall inside uh, West Norwood Library. Alex is attacked by the vagrants underneath the north side of the Albert Bridge in Chelsea. The scene where Dean and Georgie take Alex in the police land driver down the country lane is again Bricket Wood. Uh, his suicide bid leap and corresponding bill, 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 billiard room were at the old Edgewoldbury Country House, mm-hmm. Country Club, say. Uh, the hospital where Alex recovers is the Princess Alexandra Hospital in Essex. And the final sexual fantasy was shot at the demolished Hanley Page uh, in Radlett. It just sums up in the, like, the 70s, everything like that. 
Now, the film, as we know, it was everyone thought he was banned, uh, but he wasn't banned. He was well, we always thought he was banned, remember, when a kid. It was always banned. Like, Exorcist is bloody banned. Yeah, no, I mean, it was withdrawn by, by Kubrick himself, but not banned anywhere else because there was two incidents. Uh, it's famous, yeah. This yeah is... It was linked to the murder of an elderly vagrant by a 16 year old boy that's, who was actually booking him. That's what I was on the back. Yeah. It's, it is shocking, but, uh, you know, I don't know if it's got nothing to do with the bloody. Well, he says, it says in here that. Uh, it, uh, uh, who pleaded guilty after telling police that friends had told him of the film and the beating of an old boy like this one. Roger Gray QC for the defence told the court the link between this crime and sensational literature, particularly Clockwork Orange, is established beyond reasonable doubt. The press also blamed the film for rape in which the attacker sang Singing in the Rain but called it Singing in the Rape. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's, there's two different things. I, I can understand Kubrick withdrawing it because he was getting a lot of death threats. His wife and his family. Yeah, but I think that's what it was. I mean, but, you, know, you know, for God's sake... What what book has probably what book has more people used to kill the bloody Bible? How many people have used the Bible as a finger? They don't ban the Bible, do they? No. I had visions of God in order to clean the streets. But again, no, that's the reason why it wasn't banned. It was Cuba who withdrew it himself. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Um, and I think he did it purely for the fact that he was his family was receiving threats outside their home, and so you know what you're going to. It's a very private, per- yeah, private exactly. person. And the Scarlet Cinema went into receivership in '93 after filming it and got sued by Cuba. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, he was 27 years uh, withdrawn because it was only released after his death. Um, and when, he, he come out, when he come out, as a thumbs up by Britain, and he, he's dead. Look, let's put it on there. Yeah. And it went in the pictures, and that's where we went in the pictures. We went so saw, it, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. God, same clockwork on the, on the cinema. Now, uh, the book never tells us Alex's last name. Uh, he nicknames himself Alexander the Large while, yeah, yeah. Uh, while raping the music-loving girls. Uh, getting that because name. he says it when he says his name is in the prison, doesn't he? Well, because Alex the Large. Well, the name the Large uh, as a pun on the large scene uh, when he was in the, in the prison. Uh, Alex, Ch- uh, sorry, Michael Dale chose to play Alex speaking in his normal Northern English accent instead of a Cockney accent as he felt his softer accent would strike an interesting contrast with Alex's menacing portrayal. Uh, the uh, Corova Milk Bar at the start was the only set built for the film. Was it? Yeah. It's an amazing set that is. Like in the so, Nadsa, I've, I've wrote down some of the words in there. I, I think it's the thing that stands out in the film more than anything so, is the language. I'm going to read out the word used in the film. I know some of them. The quiz, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a quiz for you. Uh, so, Cal, obviously, this is a Nadsa, I should say. The language spoken by Alex and his Jews is uh, author Anthony Burgess's invention. Amazing. It's a mix of English, Russian, and, of course, slang. Kubrick was afraid that they had used it too much, but, of course... Because sometimes it's Shakespearean, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. it's like speaking in Shakespearean times. Uh, and that's that glossary appendix was added to the second uh, edition of the, of the book. So I'm going to read out the word in the film, the Nadsat word, and see if you uh, can go with the meaning. Word. All right, OK. Babuchka. Oh, for God's sake. Now you... Th- is that... Oh, God, it's something to be women, isn't it? It is. Is it... Uh, is it to be like... Is it... Se- uh, something to be, yeah? Because it's stupid babushka, do not um Is it a boobs? It's old woman. Old woman? I know it's something to be woman. I can't think what it... Uh, the Russian for that is uh, babushka, which means grandmother. Bolshe. Well, now, uh, is that to do with temper? Nope. Big. Uh, and in Russian that's Bolshoi uh, Chelebek now it's out <laughs> this is really difficult when you're watching it isn't it it's bloody difficult that means fellow Cutter Cutter's your change isn't it yeah. money Divotchka I don't know what's that one but yeah. young girl 
Vug. Drug his friend, isn't yeah. it? Russian is Drug friend. Uh, horror show. Horror show. He says that. It's a little horror. It just means uh, it's horrible, doesn't it? Uh, good. God, is it good? I like it. So it's positive. It's positive. Oh, I thought it was negative. No, oh, that's interesting. Uh, the Russian one for that is a uh, horror show. But I love that. I love that about horror show in it. I thought it was brilliant. The old in out. Yeah, you're going to have sex in it. I love yeah. that. The uh, Keshkaz. Oh, don't know that one. Guts. Malchik. Think about it. Yeah. Malchik. Is it to be violent? Is it a kick in or something? No, boy, male. Ma- oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Malenki. Your height. That's more. Malaco. Malaco is, uh, well, he's with that, he's milk, isn't yeah. he? Okay. Uh, Nadsat actually means teenage. <laughs> Panhandle. What's that one? The yeah. hell? <laughs> Panhandle. Is that the, is it? Is it? Erection. Brilliant. Uh, Slovo is word. Yeah. Tolchok. Tolchok is kicking in it. Yeah, hitting. Because you used to use that a lot, <laughs> Tolchok. <laughs> Vidi. Vidi, well, is C, isn't it? Yeah, C. Because he uses that a lot. And Because I, 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 actually, I texted Emma this morning and I put Vidi on there. Because I love that word. Yeah. Vidi, well, in it. Um, so. My favourite one, the eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> is that in the pumps? Yeah. The eyeballs is here. Your testicles. Your problems. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, otherwise, no, because since this has been a long time since we've both seen it, so I watched it two days ago, you watched it last night. Yeah. Um, has it held up, do you yeah. think? Yeah. 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 It's a lot slower film than you remember, isn't it? That's it's a lot thing. longer. I yeah, because like I said, I just think, when we watched it, you'd watch it to the bit where you got to prison and go, we're going out now, we're going yeah. out now. We just watch the beginning bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because that's, but like I said, you're early night, we're young, the beginning it's brilliant. When you get older, it's the other stuff that's more interesting. It's the, the lighter stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's, there's more of an understanding of it. Those people here in Muslim Muslim, I've gone old school. Yeah. And uh, I've actually wrote out a point of Yeah, and I'd like to say to, you know, if there's a lot of people who haven't saw this film or have been put off by the press, Watch it. It's nowhere near as violent as you think it no, is. The no. violence in it is sort of... It's not bloody. The no. only bloody bit is with the, the knife. It's not... The rape, you never see it. No. Do you? No, no, you no. no. And that's it. again, like, everything. Because, like, um, I was thinking of other, other films that have come out recently where you actually see like, Irreversible was one, which I bought because I, I didn't... And I that films like, was shocking. I hated it. It's it awful. And I actually uh, gave it to uh, one of the guys at work who he didn't know what it was about. put it on. It's horrible. It's horrible. It was awful. But no, I think it's a standout film. It really is good. Now, we have uh, some stuff to give away. We're giving away stuff, Cal. Well, for the price of a stamp. What's that then? Okay. Uh, we have uh, our waffle line postcards. If you remember, remember we had our waffle line postcards? I totally forgot about them. Yeah. Went to go and get them out the other day, and I realised there's a massive error on the back. Our email address is wrong. They forgot, they forgot one of the letters. If anyone tried to email them, if they had the card, wouldn't have been able to. So we've given them away for free. So we're going to sign them. If anybody wants one, uh, and we're also going to, this one's already taken for, because I've already had two people, a couple of people actually on Facebook have got in touch saying, yeah, we'll have one. Um, so How many is there? Uh, these cards. Oh, there's about 20 of them, I think. Mm. Like that. So we'll sign them. If anybody will want one, we will give them away for free. Email us your address at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. Anywhere in the world. I don't mind paying. I'll pay for these. Don't bother me. Thor have a postage. Can't do that anymore. Okay, it's oh, yeah. game, huh? um, so uh, I'll stick it in an envelope and we'll, we'll sign it. It's yeah. just a little bit of a gift. Yeah. So thank, thank you to you. So just get in touch with us. Waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and we'll sign it. We'll put a little message personally to you. 
and we'll send it off to you. This script is going to the person who's already emailed us, so I'll get you to sign that in a minute as a little treat. Can't do that every time, so don't we don't always <laughs> also it'd be cost a bomb because you know how much this is. So if you'd like that, say it's a free little gift from us, uh, a little bit of a thanks for listening to us. Um, our next episode, which is our November one, I don't know what we do. I think we was going to do Life on Mars. Are we doing Life on Mars? We're going to leave it to next year. We'll leave it to next year because we, we haven't watched it. I've got to watch it. It's a lot to watch, lot, yeah. So we've got our Christmas one, as I say, is Home Alone. Oh, uh, yeah. And next year, uh, we're going to be doing... Can I do, uh, you know, you can let me do Fear and Loathing. For we are doing Fear yeah. and Loathing in Las Vegas. I'm looking, because I haven't seen that in years. We are doing... You, uh, you wait, you want facts? You wait till you see my Hunter on... on, on my wife it. banned me from talking about Hunter or something now. <laughs> so I need to get it all out on the podcast. Are you going to dress up like Hunter? Yeah, you can send a picture... <laughs> I'm probably not going to get as wrecked as him because of it, but I will wear my visor. I've got a cigarette holder as well, okay. I, and I've got some outfits. So. Is this what? You, no, we can't do it pissed. <laughs> Men, we cannot. No, we not. No, no, no one needs that because I'll just end up being too late. I'm louder than you when I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just end up talking about every now. Exactly. So, and we do that. We do Zardars. Yeah, we are doing Zardars. We are. We're on about it. We've got a few. We're going to do Contravenia. Good and bad and ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing uh, the Western. Uh, no, we do some uh, TV ones that I'm going to throw in. Uh, I'm going to do. Uh, what is it? What's I going to do? I'm going to do the one game, but I'm going to do that as a small 15-minute episode, I think, just to throw in as a, as a treat. It's like I tell you what, what TV show is to do next year, maybe about a few years away from me, is do, because I think there's interesting things to talk about, is Phoenix Knights. Okay, yeah. Because I, they're I, need to, I haven't got Series 2, so I need to go to that. They're mega money, aren't they? They're really yeah, hard to get. But like I said, I think that's got a brilliant tour, because it's a few years after it, it's still brilliant. Yeah. And it's all the other stuff that's crap afterwards. So we got a lot to talk about. Paddy has been. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what, what was the thing that we talked about the other day that we really wanted to do? And we said we, had, we couldn't believe we'd done it. We haven't done the thing. No, we haven't done the thing. We haven't done the JC, have we? We did. Didn't we do a little bit Big Chum and Little China? I don't think we have. Which is amazing, really. We haven't done the so so, uh, uh, Yeah, so there's a lot coming out. So we are still doing the other TV stuff as well. Uh, but it needs to be something that we really yeah, want yeah, to talk yeah. about. Yeah, we've sort of done all our best stuff. I mean, we're just going to keep doing episodes of it. It's like, oh, I can't do anything into that. No, because it's something that we know. I mean, Life on Mars we really want to do, but I want to go back and watch them. Yeah, yeah. I want to go. I know no, that's just to ask you nothing. Just no, no, no. I know Alan's a, a very eager. Yeah, we are going to do it. Yeah. So, like I said, he's getting time to watch it. Isn't it he? is. Actually, I'm starting from, from tomorrow. I'm watching an episode uh, every night, and there's two series of Life on Mars. So, that's, what's it, a six, seven series, 14? I can't remember the name. But then I'll lend you them. So, obviously, that means it's going to be a couple of months because yeah. we want to get it right because I can't remember much. although we went out for a meal last night I got home from from, uh, from work and Natalie came home and said oh God, she, she, what, she didn't give them from, from some to the NHS I think it was part of the achievement award or in the lottery uh, the, like the raffle that they had to pay for she got a £10 Marston's pub food vouchers Marston's, so there's a Marston's pub by us so we went out for a nice meal I had surf and stuff like that and yeah. I had I had fish fingers uh, fish fingers chips and spaghetti hoops Right, so I turned around and I went, I went, you nicked, I want to get home, I ain't had me hoops. Yeah. Which yeah. Life on yeah, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> and so got me out of here, yeah, we're going to watch, watch it. So we'll be back in November for an episode we don't know what we're yeah, doing. We'll yet. talk about it in the week. And we'll, we'll get enthusiastic about it. There's going to be something, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Clarks we're doing next year, looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, and so that's it. Nicked. Cal, uh, we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Loudness monster strikes from the depth of the sea. I come to destroy. Seeing you.